Podcast. Shrimp on the barbie. Shrimp, 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 shrimp on the barbie. Do you respect that? That's corruption. I could make a fake snake. You not pee in the pool. You, 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 you not pee on the barbie. All of myself is clean. <laughs> Broadcasting from Ryan's Roof. Hello, everybody. Before we get too far into our episode, I wanted to encourage everyone to share any feedback that you have on our new weekly format. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hardmarkpodcast. You can find us on Instagram and the Twitter at hardmarkpodcast. And you can email into hardmarkpodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. And that's hardmarkpodcast. All one word, no dashes, no slashes, no underscores. We would love to hear what you think about the change. Now, I know for myself, as long as this uh, new format does not create a ton of extra work for me, I'm happy to continue with this format. But having said that, Ryan, I have got some great news. The Hard Mark Board of Directors have done it again. They have allowed us to bring on board the Hard Mark Imagineering team. Shout out to Crispin Hickenbottom and his group of world-class Imagineers. They have concocted the perfect blend of wrestling and science, which is really what we're all about here on the program. So this is going to save me so much time. Allow me to introduce all of you to MarkBot5000, who is going to be providing (laughs) the intro to the wrestling weeks of our program. Now, some of you may be mistaken in thinking that MarkBot 5000 sounds suspiciously like some wrestling legends of the past, but I can assure you that that is not the case. Any similarity to any personality or character, living or dead, is purely coincidental. So with that said, MarkBot 5000, take it away. Hey, thanks, Eric. This is MarkBot 5000, Definitely not pro wrestling legend, Taz. And welcome to the Hard Mark Podcast, a show where the sexy and confident Eric Donaldson, wrestling fan of over 30 years, introduces one match per episode to his co-host who has never watched wrestling. They talk about the backstory, they watch the match, and then they rank that match on their ever-growing list. But I digress. The purpose of the show is to see what happens when someone who's never watched wrestling is introduced to its most notable matches. And not for nothing, he's the other guy on the show. He's never washed his face or butt. Flying Ryan Murphy, beat me if you can. Ryan, survive if I let you. Hey, these have gotten just so fucking good. Like, this is, it's just. The Imagineers, man, they're 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 hard at work. They're tinkering away in the hard mark labs. Yeah, I don't know yeah. about Markbot Five Thousand's claim that you don't wash your face or butt. I don't co-sign on that. But uh, did he say that? Yeah, he did at the very end there. Here, I'll replay it. Just say here. He's never washed his face or butt. Fine, Ryan Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> so what a dick. Yeah, I don't know. I'll talk to the Imagineers. We'll get the we'll get the bugs worked out of Markbot Five Thousand. Yeah, get the bugs worked out. Jesus yeah. Christ, man! We're, like, I mean, you know, robot technology. It's coming along leaps and bounds, <laughs> but there's still not all everything's worked out. But I appreciate Markbot Five Thousand with that lovely intro. I'm sure we'll have Markbot Five Thousand on for our, our next Wrestle Talk episode. But uh, 
Big ups to the, Mar- to the Imagineers. Man, wow. Uh, how far we've come. The board of directors. Thanks. Thanks, guys. I, I still think Grant should be, you know. I, don't, I mean, who's to say he's not? Who's not to say he's the the shadowy puppet master pulling all the strings? Gotta be on the board, he's, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, you'll get there one of these days too, Ryan. Him and Nick D? Yeah. Damn. Like, Once you hit that 20 years of wrestling fandom, then you're in contention for the board of directors, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So you'll, you'll get there. Just give it another 18 years. Uh, <laughs> so I've been to damn. Uh, welcome everybody. We know that you have many choices when you listen to a podcast. So thank you for listening to Hard Mark. Let's get into the wrestle talk, everybody. Let's uh, let's jump into things. So all the way back in episode fifty-two, uh, which we don't number the episodes anymore, but back when we did episode fifty-two, we watched a match. It stirred up a little bit of controversy between myself and Ryan. It was the very first draw that we've ever seen here on the program. It was a match between Kenny Omega, representing DDT Wrestling in Japan, and a young nine-year-old prod... uh, What's the word here? Prodigy. Prodigy. A young nine-year-old prodigy named Haruka. We talked a little bit in the lead-up of that match about Omega's background, the time he had spent in WWE developmental, and his exposure to the wild style of wrestling that DDT had pioneered. But one thing that we had not discussed was the man who inspired Kenny Omega to make the move from Winnipeg to Japan, who was a man by the name of Kota Ibushi. Uh, So it's rumored... That Ibushi was raised in a wealthy household where the free-spirited Ibushi was free to pursue any dreams that he had, which would lead to his pro wrestling career really beginning to take off. So Ibushi made a name for himself with his wild wrestling style, which combined his kickboxing background with incredible athletic dives. Ibushi was truly a physical specimen. In many ways, Omega and Ibushi's strengths and sensibilities around wrestling were identical, despite the fact that they hailed from different continents. Pause here. Anything that you need some clarification on so far, Ryan? I I need a notepad, Eric. That's what I should have done for this. Like, I I need to jot down notes. That's what I need. What What would you be? What would be the notes that you're jotting down at this point if you did have a notepad? Well, like the name, you know, Kota Ibushi, the, uh, the, the journey. Japan, kickboxer, wealthy family, question mark. It's really simplifying this for me. Like. Yeah, Kenny Omega, <laughs> Winnipeg, curly hair. No, I don't have any uh, other questions. I just That's how in sync Ryan and I were always cycled up, period and otherwise. So while Omega and Ibushi began as rivals, it wouldn't be long until they formed a tag team, combining their talents to showcase their abilities as a unit. And so the Golden Lovers were born with the two hinting that behind the scenes there may be more to their relationship, but never outright confirming anything. So DDT, when they originally put them together, they suggested the tag team name of the Golden Brothers, but Omega and Ibushi instead pivoted to being the Golden Lovers. And so occasionally during their matches, uh, they would like peck each other on the cheek and, and stuff like that to kind of like tease that there may be something boiling underneath the surface between the two men. Right, right. Yeah. What year was this? Uh, the match that we're going to be watching today is from 2010. Nah, uh, so this probably probably would have been in like the year or so leading leading up to that, or, or give or take. Okay. Around 2009, 2010. And great year. Great, hell of a year. Hell of a year for being some a pair of golden lovers. Uh, but while the golden lovers 
made a name for themselves in their home promotion of DDT, it would not be long before their talents got them noticed elsewhere. And so Ryan's favorite, New Japan Pro Wrestling, would come knocking, looking for the Golden Lovers to take on their incumbent junior heavyweight tag team champions, Apollo, and I'm going to pronounce it both the American way and the Japanese way. It's written as Apollo 55, but apparently it is pronounced Apollo Go-Go, which Go is Japanese for five, which if we were still numbering our episodes as a fun fact, this would be episode 55. So there you go. And I didn't plan that either. It just worked out that way. Apollo Go-Go were one of the most accomplished junior heavyweight teams in New Japan history. It was comprised of Prince Divot from Ireland and... Ah. Yeah, <laughs> uh. we we've talked about Ryan's love of, of the Irish. Hell, hell of a hell of a uh, a gravy from the homeland of Ireland. I'm an Irish guy. He's an it's Irish in guy. my it's in my blood. Maybe German, undetermined. Uh, uh, Greta may have that's sniffed what it out. Some people say. Was she there? No. <laughs> and, and his tag team partner, Prince Divot's tag team partner, is the funky weapon, Ryusuke Taguchi. You could just call him Taguchi. Oh, well. The funky weapon, who I've actually seen live in person in uh, Tacoma, of all places. I have video of him doing his funky weapon dance. Uh, he's a uh, he's a great time. Tacoma Dome, or was it? A no, it was like a small, much smaller venue, venue in in Tacoma mm-hmm. that New Japan ran a, a year or so ago. Uh, but uh, Devitt, Prince Devitt from Ireland, would eventually go on to become the leader and the founder of the very popular Bullet Club faction, but we're still a ways out from that in this timeline. So that's coming up on the horizon, but we're not to that point in the story just yet. So in 2010, all of these different elements would start to be mixed together. So Devitt, in in addition to being one half of the junior tag team champions with the funky weapon, was also the junior heavyweight singles champion as well. And so he had actually defeated both Omega and Ibushi in matches earlier that year. So with those losses in mind, those men were determined to combine their forces and take Devitt's tag team championship away from him. So a match was made for October 11th, 2010 at the New Japan Destruction event in Tokyo between the champions Apollo Gogo and the Golden Lovers. And so that is our match here today, Ryan. Good. That sounds great. Uh, As far as some of the data before we head into this thing, (laughs) Ryan's record in tag team matches is 5-5. and So I don't know if that really gives us a whole lot to go off of. Uh, His average ranking of matches that take place in Japan is 21 out of 61 matches so far. So Japanese matches tend to be a little bit higher in our list. Uh, The average, and this is actually something that I had a a hypothesis that I wanted to test. Turns out my hypothesis was incorrect. Ryan's average ranking, when he accurately predicts the winner, is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it okay. is 31 so basically oh. about half oh okay <laughs> and your average ranking when you do not accurately predict the winner is 28 so actually matches that you have wow. inaccurately predicted are slightly higher ranked than ones where you win at this point in that's it. a great analysis Eric. thank you well oh, i mean man. i bring i bring the data it's all marked by it's yeah. less mean it's more marked by 5000 crunching all the numbers in the background 
you got the machine learning in there, like really. Like, yeah, you know. all those algorithms that Crispin, <laughs> Crispin Hickenbottom and team have been inputting has yeah, just been just yeah. been great, just been great. Good stuff. But that's mm-hmm. our uh, that's our match. So we've got a, ourselves a New Japan match. We've enjoyed them before. We've got a junior heavyweight tag team match, which means that these guys aren't like the big lumbering heavyweights who are talking smaller, more athletic guys, which I think you will enjoy. But but we'll see. I know that you did not enjoy Kenny Omega's last match against Haruka. That is in our bad section at the moment, which I vehemently disagreed with. But uh, you know, well, sometimes the baby has to have their bottle. But any anything else before we we watch the match here today, Ryan? No, no, I'm uh, upset. All right, go. then let's do it. Let's watch this fucking thing. That's that's more aggressive than it needs to be. Uh, <laughs> let's let's watch the match. We'll be right back with our thoughts. On the Golden Lovers versus Apollo Gogo. Thanks, everybody. And we are back. We just watched the Golden Lovers versus Apollo Gogo for the New Japan Junior Heavyweight. I almost called them Light Heavyweight. That's not correct. Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Ryan, what did you think of the match? I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a good match. Um, I thought it was a good match. Like I, I don't know. I don't know. Like there. Yeah, I thought that that was going to be. I thought I didn't think this was going to be like the greatest match of all time in your opinion. But I thought it was going to ha- tick all the boxes. A lot of really fast paced action. A lot of high flying maneuvers. Uh, long enough to kind of get invested in the story of the match, but not too long to kind of like become disinterested in it. Um, that that was my thought. It did. It had those things. It just like. It didn't have like a spectacular moment. Like everything was kind of just, you know, it's your standard Japanese type of wrestling, you know, like, um, in my, it, it, it was, you're right. It was high flying. It was, it was actionable. Like, uh, I loved the fucking crowd. I, I absolutely love that crowd. Respectful, and then, respectful but, Tokyo but it crowd. Just, it, it just didn't have like that moment where I was like, holy shit. It was just kind of all like, it kind of blended in together. Um, the whole match. Okay. You know? Okay. But it had it did have the the pieces. It had the pieces. You know. Yeah, the puzzle pieces were all there. They just needed to you yeah. know come together. I understand. I can understand. Well, we'll we'll take a look at my notes here, and then we'll uh, we'll get into some stuff. But uh, as far as my match notes, uh, we have Taguchi Ryusuke Taguchi. Uh, in my opinion, my if I have in my notes, he looked like a 1970s cop. He was the funky weapon. Yeah. He was the partner of the Irishman Prince Devitt. It's that movie. Um, sorry, <laughs> Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> yeah, he kind of did have a Starsky and Hutch yeah. look to him a little bit. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, so we have the Golden Lovers introduced first. I know Ryan, you had some some issues here and there, kind of keeping track of, of what the, which teams were. But I think you. Oh, Eric, I had no issues. Okay, I apologize. You did. Nor you do did, I ever have. You did issues. continually throughout the entirety of the match call them the Golden Boys. <laughs> Gold. That's when I live in my heart. Very man. clearly, golden lovers. I don't know if you're just not, uh, you know, progressive in that what line of thinking, but they're the golden lovers, Ryan. Please address them respectfully. I apologize. I apologize. Uh, you seem to like, as far as the golden lovers are concerned, you really seem to be um, a big fan of Kota Ibushi in this match. Yeah, I did. He had, he had the style. Um, <laughs> he had the My Chemical Romance haircut. He. Anytime you throw that in there, like yeah. The, the the original emo. Um, For sure. When, when you've got those wealthy parents, you can have whatever hairstyle you want. It just brings me right back to my time. You know, I'm a 2007 guy. Like, you know. That was that was a prime year for me. Uh, the kickboxing style you also liked. Did you did you also yeah. dabble in kickboxing in 2007? 
I did, I did not. Oh, uh, missed opportunity. Huge pussy. Like. <laughs> You'll, there's still time. There's still time. I just more of the hairs like, than the kickboxing, but. Uh, you know, you got to start with one, then move on to the other. So it doesn't really matter which one you begin with. Uh, so they're introduced first, then it transitions over to Apollo Gogo, which, as we mentioned earlier, that's Ryusuke Taguchi and Prince Divot. Uh, I know we were kind of excited because we had a fellow a fellow Irishman, just like yourself, in Prince Prince Devitt. Did either of those two gentlemen make more of an impression on you than than the other? Any kind of main thoughts? I know Devitt had the big dive out to the ring. That was kind of the really that that dive that Prince Devitt hit was really when the match sort of opened up and became more or less a free for all. Like they didn't intrigue me as much as the Japanese wrestlers. Like uh, felt like they were pretty. Like I said, you know, just they played their part. Uh, what would you, well, well, and, and so you, I think, I don't know if we mentioned this or not. I mean, maybe you gleaned from it already, Markomaniacs, but Ryan did accurately predict the Golden Lovers won the match. That brings Ryan's record to, I don't even know that I said that before, did I? Uh, that brings Ryan, Ryan's record previously was 34 and 26. He is now 35 and 26, ladies and germs. It's not bad. It's not a bad record. No, it's, you know what? You've had quite, uh. Quite the streak as of late. I'll have to kind of crunch the numbers to is figure that out. Is it a streak out. that I'm going on here? Uh, it's a couple. Wi- I mean, if I don't know if we're yeah. counting the draw. I think that's kind of the question because, I mean, last match I think was the Owen Hart versus Steve Austin match where you won um, under dubious circumstances because clearly <laughs> that shit was fake as fuck because Steve Austin should have been pinned. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. you're, you're yeah. doing pretty well as of late. I mean, you're you're this is among the highest you've ever been above 500, but... Was there a particular item thing that happened? Something that caused you to choose the Golden Lovers to to win the match? Honestly, I'll I'll be honest. Their style stood out to me like immediately. Okay. Um, I just like I said in the beginning, this is a guy I'd like to have on my side. You know, like this is a guy I'd like to fight with. Kota Bushi so specifically. Fight. Yeah, and so you know, I just started leaning towards them. The match was pretty even, like you yeah, know, like it wasn't it wasn't one way or the other. But I I felt like I would lean more towards uh, towards the Golden Boys, the Golden Lovers. Thank you, I appreciate golden, thank you. Yeah, yeah. The match starts off between Ibushi and Prince Divot, bit of chain wrestling to to begin things, and then both tag out to their respective partners. A little bit of back and forth just kind of throughout this uh, this initial period here. Really, I think when the match. Starts to pick up in volume a little bit. Seems like when Omega and Divot are in the ring, and then you see some double teaming with the Golden Lovers on Prince Divot. Uh, they hit a big double leapfrog kick and face buster combination. I think that the the tag team maneuvers of the Golden Lovers uh, seem to be a little bit more advanced than that of Apollo Gogo. Apollo Gogo seemed like they had their own kind of individualized moves, and then occasionally would jump in. But the Golden Lovers were very much in sync their maneuvers throughout the match. I mean, we saw that, not to jump ahead too far necessarily, but we saw where they were going for the Golden Shower, which is a twin 450 splash from the top rope, which is incredible. Splash. 450. (laughs) That's the amount of rotation that they're doing in midair, Ryan. Uh, Dual 450 splashes is the Golden Shower. Could have just peed on him, you know, like... (laughs) 
from the top. But. Could have just peed on him from the top. That would also be a really good move. But uh, moving moving along, we have an Argentinian backbreaker. Everybody loves an Argentinian backbreaker. That's where Kenny Omega had Prince Divot up on his shoulders. We were talking about a nice little chiropractic adjustment during that time frame. You didn't seem like you'd be interested. I was somewhat intrigued by it, though. I have lumbar issues, though. God, I mean, just I, I just... Uh, I don't like stuff like joints bending in the wrong direction. And he was just like up and down, you know, like looks like it hurt. <laughs> yeah, see, Eric, I do not do not like that at all. That's the one. That is the main one I do not like. Oh man, people put it down to, and people do it like. Oh, sorry, not to get off. Track. You're gonna regret <laughs> telling me this before Vegas, by the way. It's it's when people like point at your desk and they're like, you know, say, and then they just press their finger down and. I no longer hear anything you're saying. I'm just like <laughs> disgusted. But anyway, <laughs> um, let's see where where do we leave off here? I guess we'll just um, jump ahead here. I will say. So you mentioned how Kotobushi that seemed to be like a partner that you'd want to have in 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 you know a tag team yeah. type of situation. Abushi twice twice kicked his own teammate. Once because of no, just I mean, sheer negligence, once because a move was countered, and then he just double booted Omega right in the face. But but uh, just something to keep in mind if you do form this partnership with Kota Ibushi. But but, it, but it, here's the thing: it's just friendly fire happens. Like that's just it's part of the game. Right. It's part of any game, you know. You, you you have a good partner, you might get friendly fired on, you know. But hopefully, it goes in the right direction more so than the wrong direction. So. That's, that's fair. Uh, if if Kenny Omega and, Go- and Kota Ibushi are the Golden Lovers, and you formed a tag team with Kota Ibushi, what would your tag team name be? <sighs> you have to give me time to think on that. Like. <laughs> mull it over, mull it over. I'll I'll, I'll circle back <laughs> at the end of our of our notes. Yeah, our notes here. But uh, oh man, that drop kick that Kota Ibushi hit. He basically did a drop salt, which a drop salt is like where you drop kick your opponent and then you do a flip out of it. Uh, like a moonsault type of flip. Like, fuck, that was just incredible. Uh, then we have a double, the double moonsault by the Golden Lovers where they kind of both simultaneously run across the ring, spring up over the ropes, jump and moonsault from the middle rope, which I know, again, I kind of called out how, hey, the cameraman's going to miss this, but both guys are doing the same thing simultaneously right now. Yeah, it's unfortunate that I didn't get both of them. I understand yeah. it, especially 2010. Come on, like, you know. Yeah, exactly. They were still working their way but- through... Uh, you can, you can imagine it, you know. You mm-hmm. just gotta use your imagination. I think the highlight of the match for me, and and again, Ryan, I think some of these things may have been going at such a fast clip where it was hard to absorb some of these things. In my opinion, the highlight of the match is when the Golden Lovers are going for the, the aforementioned Golden Shower, uh, which is, again, a dual 450 splash, which just one guy hitting that is pretty impressive. Two simultaneously going for it is even more impressive. Prince Divot rolls out of the way to escape. They, Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega, simultaneously roll through their 450 splashes, turn around, and double shotgun drop kicks to, to Prince Divot. That whole sequence was fucking great. I just love your enthusiasm about like these. Thanks, you know. man. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. Uh, we've got Kenny Omega hitting a uh, a dive of his own as Hilo head over over heels Hilo type of thing there. Then we have Abushi and Bushi really starts working his way on Prince Divot. So he and Prince Divot kind of have some some back and forth there. We've got a standing shooting star press. He leaps up to the top. Big moon salt. From a standing position, uh, they both are on the top rope. Prince Divot hits a big Hurricane Rana 
onto Kota Ibushi from the top rope. But then Prince Divot hits him with another big back suplex from the top rope. And then his uh, fin- one of his finishing movers, the coup, coup de gras, where he basically jumps off the top rope and double foot stomps the guy right in the stomach, which I thought for sure was going to be a moment where Ryan thought the match was over. But apparently he was very nonplussed by it. I, I was. I, he had faith in like his I guy. Know, I know when the match is going to be over. Right. right. When uh, when you're a part of the Black Parade, it's going to take a lot more than that to uh, <laughs> to knock you out. I like it. Thanks, man. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, getting to the very end of the match, we all we have a bunch of near falls. Obe- Omega Kenny Omega breaks up a pinfall that I think Ryan actually did think that might be the end of the match. Uh, they both get tossed out of the ring for their trouble. Uh, Taguchi and Omega are outside of the ring. Meanwhile, uh, Kota Ibushi hits. Prince Divot with the Phoenix Splash pinfall one, two, three, new junior heavyweight tag team champions. And we did it. And we did it. Um, let's see. I think so. We've done this for a while now, Ryan. And I think, and we've always gone under, under this premise, and I stand by this. I think the idea is that with all these Murphy's Laws, I will come up with some kind of rules, some ideas that when we do eventually do our custom match, that we can kind of put some some things together to help, kind of help guide that match along in a way that will be, that you'll appreciate. Uh, we may have reached the end of where we're not just being redundant with our Murphy's Laws, so I... I you think I'm a redundant guy? Like I don't know. I mean, you, you like what you like. You like what you like. We've done like 20 of these so far. You know, yeah, I, I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we may be approaching the end, but uh, we'll say that we'll at least do this one more. What would you say would be your main takeaway from this, this match here today, Ryan? In a world without rules, in a sport where only the strong survive, there's one man who has the guts to lay down. Murphy's Law. I just, for me, like, it was a really good match. This is what I, I do respect this about wrestling. They, they have, it's just, it's, it's, um, I don't know, it's well formatted. It's, it's, it's not a lot of stoppage. They just kind of keep, I, I like, but there was nothing like to me that was like that, like special of a moment about this match. And I wish there was like a moment that was. It's it's hard. I mean, I don't know. I just wish there was a moment that was like a little like I could that would stick out. And be like that. You wanted a special moment. That was the flash bulbs going off in the corner. You wanted a po- you wanted a poster up. moment. Yeah, I wanted a poster moment. I just didn't. That was I didn't see it out of this match. Aside from that great match, but like I didn't see a poster moment. Like you know, noted. It was just all like you know, it was just going on. So I don't, yeah, <laughs> got it. Ted four. Let's get let's get to the let's get to the science. <laughs> Pull this bad boy up here. So it seems like you liked it. I guess it's just a matter of how much you liked it. Whether we would... I mean, it sounds like this was better than okay. I, I, I Yeah, I'm looking right here. Like, I'm thinking in the good. I don't know if it's high in the good. Okay. Um, I mean, we can talk about some of the matches that are in the good, and then we can maybe formulate a hypothesis yeah. from there. That would be a scientific thing to do. I mean, some of these matches that we've seen recently, I mean, we've got Heart Foundation versus Austin, Shamrock, Goldust, and the Legion of, of Doom. That was a recent one. That was a big Calgary Stampede 10-man tag. I don't know if I'd put it there. Like, I'm thinking... Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio was also a very recent match that we saw. That was the Lucha Libre match, the Mask versus Title 
uh, that we saw just, uh, I don't know, within the past six to seven episodes or so. I mean, (sighs) we have another Japanese tag match and Hulk Hogan versus, or excuse me, Hulk Hogan and Tenru versus the Road Warriors. That's at number... What if uh, I put them right in between the uh, the Hulk matches here? Okay. This is the new 20s, what you're saying? I'll split them, yeah. Let's just put them them right there. It It was a good match. I, here's what I'll say about about this. This is not the first time you split the Hulks. That term has been thrown out. <laughs> yes. This this may be a shirt coming up in the future at some point in time. Split the Hulks. <laughs> Bring it down to Vegas, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll purchase I'll purchase and wear it. Perfect. I do appreciate though. I do appreciate you have ceased since we kind of revamped our list here. You have ceased targeting. Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. So you know you're you you've given up your misogynist ways. So for that, I I, I thank you. You're welcome. I'm sure they'll be targeted again. I don't want to like <laughs> you know, mislead the the people. Yeah, they're all the way down <laughs> in 37. So who who knows? It's something's got to really not hit you in any strong way, positively or negatively. I mean, that's the biggest section of this match is like, which kind of makes sense. It's the okay, like yeah. But they'll be they'll be targeted again, just like I target the Hulks. You know, like. <laughs> That whole no, it's not because yeah, I target anyone. I'm you know, I'll target anybody. Like I know you will. I know how you operate. Uh, okay, well, let's finish things out the same way that we always do every every episode of our Wrestle Talk. We got to finish it out with Eric's Wisdom Tree. <laughs> this is stupid, but I'll just do it. We've all eaten pizza, young and old. Rich man, poor man, everybody loves a good good pizza, a good sit and a good pizza, sometimes together at the same time. Have you ever noticed how, especially, and this is less common of, of restaurant pizzas, this is more of a take, take and bake type of situation or like a, maybe not tombstone necessarily, but you get the idea, like a frozen pizza type of scenario. If you are like me... And you've noticed that on certain frozen pizzas, there's those little little red squares on the pizza, like the like cubes. Yeah, little red cubes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever known what those little red cubes are? I think they're just pepperoni, right? Like, well, you kind of ruined my fucking wisdom, but yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's diced pepperoni. Yeah. Or you don't like it? No, I'm just saying. If you didn't know what that was, <laughs> <laughs> it's diced. It's diced pepper because so they, here's the here's what got me to thinking on this because I was eating a pizza for anyone who goes who's a big Costco guy like me uh, Motor City Pizza Company Ryan's had that over at my abode here at Hedonism before before but uh, they have their pizza it's like got the normal sliced thin sliced pepperoni on it which is you know the normal way that you have pepperoni on pizza but then there was also the little red diced cubes and i and i remember looking at heather i was like what the what the hell are these things like and she's like oh it's just pepperoni and i was like oh how that's weird that it's in a different form but i guess that makes a lot more sense than anything else that it would be but yeah those little red cubes I, it's just diced pepperoni i just think like i'm i'm not not a fan of it if, it, if you add that i'll fucking eat it that's good stuff like you know i mean you'll eat a well done steak so i mean there's not really a- no, I, eric 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 do not disrepresent me like that all right, I'm not let's, with ketchup, and I'll cut the whole thing before he starts eating it. If we have a steak dinner that, not, together, not that I fucking care in Vegas. Eric, if we have like, a steak dinner together, do you want me to cut up your meat before you start eating it? 
I would ask at least. <laughs> if you give me one of those subway tips, maybe I'll consider. If you, it. if you did it, I would eat it fully, fully I, cut I up. Like, yeah. Have you found any cool restaurants that we should go to in Vegas? So, like, it's just. I mean, there's probably a lot of the them. No, like, I, you have no. It's just. Any. I haven't. Well, I live in Summerlin, Eric. I live in the fucking burbs. How many times right? have you been to the strip out. so far, Ryan? Once? Twice? Once. That's why I broke my feet. You've been living. <laughs> we didn't really eat that much because we were like, you know, we were we were out there doing Vegas stuff. I made the claim before you moved out that like, oh man, Ryan <laughs> is going to be Mr. Vegas. He's going to know all the local spots. He's going to be like the guy that you go to whenever you need Vegas travel advice. You've been That's to the strip fun. once in, mm, we're talking yeah. September. And I went to the shitty side of the strip. Like, <laughs> it wasn't even the good side of the strip. Like. I don't. I've been to Vegas a bunch of times. Like you know, I'm a I'm a Vegas guy. But no, I I here's the thing, Eric. Like Vegas is very expensive. You want it's very expensive. Like you know, you want to go out to a nice restaurant, you got to go down to the strip first of all. You got you want to find parking. Good luck, man. Like how is parking? Shitty. Not great. Like yeah, it's uh, you you pay for it. Like really. Oh yeah, like I mean, it's not. It's, I mean, you pay maybe ten, fifteen bucks, but you pay for it. Like, and you got to walk wherever you're going. I don't know if you drive. Most people don't drive on the strip right. because you're. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of good places, but uh, it's it's just Vegas is a Vegas is probably going to be the most expensive town you eat in. Like, right? Like, because right. people, you know, that's what, do you that's think? What do you saying. think a lot of Vegas pizza places have diced pepperoni on their pizzas? I here's the thing. I you know to go into it. I. Uh, diced pepperoni is fine. I'm all for it. It's good. It's fine. But it's just probably like extra like sodium that you don't need, right? Like it's just little bites of extra sodium that are just packed in there that you don't need. On all those of nitrates. Ugh. I mean, Greta tells me, I, man, I get like turkey pepperoni. I love it. I think it's really good. But she's like, oh, like it's not even that good for you because of the nitrates. Like, what the fuck? What, what am I supposed to eat? Like, you know? Newsflash. Here's a, here's a second piece of wisdom. You can't fucking eat anything. Everything's going to kill you. For it's so frustrating. Like it's so frustrating. We 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 had this. They must have put something in it because it was it was very good. <laughs> but like we had Mediterranean food and I had the salads like cucumbers, tomatoes, onions, and just the salad. Sounds real like healthy. It was so fucking good. Uh-huh. But it had to have been loaded with something. Like there's no way was this there, tastes there that had to good. Be dressing just, right? Is there any dressing? There's no dressing. Oh, I no mean, dressing. there might have been like some. Well, I mean, it didn't come with like. I don't like dressing type of, you know, like I don't like creamy stuff. Like it was just raw, but like, I'm sure it's packed with like a, a sodium based fucking like, you know, it's, it's the shitty thing about getting older, right? You can't eat fucking anything. Like, right. And you know, I just love eating. I love, I'm a right. huge food guy. Just doesn't like creamy, creamy things except for, except for one creamy thighs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me like a creamy forearm with a big floppy dick on it. Like, you know, <laughs> And if you're wondering what the fuck we're talking about, check out Rumpus Time. Uh, last week's Rumpus Time. Uh, the, these two things are synergistic, everybody. Uh, we appreciate, we love the hell out of everybody who checks out both Rumpus Time and our Wrestle Talk. Uh, if you want to hear what we're referencing by a penis on someone's floppy, floppy penis forearm, Rumpus Time. Which, which is actually the next thing we'll be back with next week. Which, what is the date on that? What is the date? It's uh, July 14th. So stay tuned for that. We look forward to having you hear us on that. Give us any feedback. Mark, Mark bought 5,000. He, he will be back, or she, 
I'm, I have not determined the gender of MarkBot 5000. I would never assume that of the gender of, of our favorite robot friend. But uh, they'll be back, too, very soon. Ryan, any, any last words for the people? I feel like I have so much, but I'm just going to contain it and then save it for... Yeah, the next, the next podcast. It's such a tease. Well, if you're not hard, everybody, get hard. Once you get hard, stay hard. That's all, folks. When you're a part of the Black Parade, it's going to take a lot more than that. <laughs>